All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Uh, go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. They are Canada's sportsbook, and there is plenty of action going on today on this Monday because the Sens are back in action, Math, just like you and I on this beautiful Monday in the fall. Uh, nice to see you again, my friend. I wore, you can't see this well, though. I wore my nice sweater for you that you like really so much. I, I saw it prior to us going on here, and I, I saved. I was reserving comment for now. Um, I thought we discussed that you should burn that sweater, Wally. I, I'm shocked. You didn't say a word, and I thought you had completely forgot about my sweater. <laughs> oh, I'm actually quite no, impressed. No. I want to be clear. I noticed it immediately, and like I said, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to save the verbal assault for the TV show here. Um, it, it's not. It's not that it's bad. It just it looks like a bad imitation hockey sweater, you know, that maybe your your great aunt gave to you back in the eighties. You know, it's it's just it's not in style anymore, Wally. It's time to move on. Wow. I think I'm just killing it with this. Brought to you by uh Banana Republic, where they had a great sale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just all a good, reminder, brother. the chat is open. No one is allowed to comment on my sweater unless it's positive, or I'll delete all the chats. <laughs> uh <laughs> Craig is watching that as well. All right. Uh Smith, well, let's just get right to it because there's lots of sense stuff. They're finally back on the ice. Of course, this is brought to you by Bonisher Excavating Inc. B-E-I. Go to BonisherExcavating.com. They are helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, and the Sens are starting to shape up now that they're getting players back out of COVID protocol. What a nightmare it's been for the past, let's say, two weeks, right? So they're back. They're yeah. in Colorado. How about this? They play on Saturday. They got five days off. They have two skates, and now they're in mile high where it's tough to get oxygen in your lungs at the best of times. I don't see hmm. this going particularly well. 
I know, and I I feel bad because they're putting they're, they're they've been put in a very difficult situation, and oddly enough, they're dealing with a respiratory disease or illness, and now they're in Colorado, as you mentioned, which is at about ten thousand feet above sea level. It's a real thing. I I got to tell you, you people out there listening. I mean, when when I played there. Pre-game skate was always like a very sobering moment. You go into the building and you don't notice it when you're just walking around. But as soon as you get either on a stationary bike or even better yet on the ice where you get that heart rate elevated, um, you get like that real strong burn in your lungs and you can almost taste blood uh, to a degree. And that might sound dramatic, but I'm not I'm not even remotely being dramatic. It's, it's very difficult. So all that time off. Uh, respiratory issues. Hopefully, that won't be a, a problem for them. But it's going to be it's going to be a difficult start against a very good team tonight, Wally. You know what I noticed, and I I'd never I've been there before, and I've covered like the Denver Broncos training camp and stuff, and I played there, yeah. covered some Mavs games. I never really noticed just if you're there walking around. But I got drinking one night with some scotch, and <sighs> I didn't realize until the next morning how bad the altitude is when you drink a lot. The hangover was yeah. in a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Blame the altitude, right? It was a but lot. no, you you are you are right though. And and um, again, like it, it just comes down to trying to keep your shift short. Like for me, when we get in there, and I don't have a good track record. You and I, you know, rather you dug up the stats this morning, Wally, and you were sharing them with me. <laughs> I, here, I'll tell you what it is. To, yeah, please. Mark yeah, Mathot has played 12 career games in Colorado. Uh, the teams he's played on are combined 3-7-2. and two. He's got two assists. He's a minus seven, 12 pims, uh, zero shorthanded goals, uh, six shots on goal. Yeah, wow. Like, well, look at those numbers. It- <laughs> and 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 it's and it's true like cuz cuz we were there earlier on in my career when I was playing with with Columbus we were in the Western Conference at the time so we were going to Colorado every year a couple times and man it was it was a battle so it's one of those games where you go into it hoping that you know you can get a little bit of a spark early keep, like I was saying earlier keep your shift short it's almost like you're just racing back to the bench the second period is always very difficult there especially when you get stuck out there on the ice for a long one but i mean this team in Ottawa We've seen them how they play and perform when they're undermanned and they've got some injuries that they they're not bad, right? So there's opportunity yep. here for this club, but no Batherson hurts. Like for me, that's a big loss. He's quietly had a very good start, right? Like you look at his numbers, they're terrific. And you don't always necessarily see it when you're watching, but if you really do pay attention to his game, he's he's a he's a star player. He really is. And not having him in that lineup tonight's gonna hurt them, I think. It's funny you say that. I, I wanted to bring it up later. Like he's the best player on this team. There's not even. It's not a yeah. question. I don't think. Like all due respect to Thomas Shabbat, I want to say. Uh, I think if Drake Batherson, and I know he's a leading scorer, so it's an easy target. But his game yeah. is elevated more than I think anybody else's has over the past year, without question. Yeah, yeah. He's looking. He looks like a veteran, like a legitimate vet. You know, yeah. guy. Like he's just yeah. got so much confidence and. I never, and I know I've talked about this on the show before, and I don't, I hate repeating stuff, but I never realized how tall he was. Remember, we talked about this before and how we saw him at the golf tournament that we had in the summer. And I didn't realize how big of a guy he is. And he's got that long, rangy kind of, kind of stature, and he's got that good reach on the ice. I, and, and, and he can finish checks too. He can play physical. When he gets a little fired up and angry, you can see that competitiveness come out of him. So, Again, I I don't want to talk too much about a player that isn't in the lineup tonight, but that's going to be a big loss for them. What I do like is that I believe, and you were telling me this 
as well, Wally. Gustafson's playing, right? Is that um, yeah. are we correct there? He's expected to be the starter. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's good. Uh, so yeah. you, you know, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I I just back to Babson for a sec. Like, and I know you didn't want to talk about, but I, I meant to do this in the last show and completely got past it was just the appreciation thread, I guess, for Drake Batherson. Uh, he's not joining yeah. the team now until they come back from this tro this road trip in, against Vancouver. So he's going to miss these four games, you know, Colorado, San Jose, Anaheim, LA Kings. Yeah, like, that's that's a huge void in this lineup. Yeah. Regardless, you take anybody, you take your best player out of any lineup, and that's a huge void. And yeah. I just I, – I, I think Drake Batherson, because there's so much going on this year with Tim Stutzla or the D and all that stuff and goaltending, I yeah. think he gets overlooked a little bit as to how good he's been so far. Yeah, and and it's almost a lot like Norris, right? Like where he kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Not super yeah. flashy, but he does everything very well. And he's really good two ways. And and the same applies, again, for Batherson. These, I love – that they've got these players, they're, they're just they're so responsible defensively too, and I think that gets lost on people a little bit when you're watching them because yeah. that top line gets buzzing. They're so hard to defend against in the offensive zone, and that sort of takes takes away all the attention from what they do elsewhere. And so, you know, the three of those lined up, I love as a line. But but what I was going to lead into before we kind of started talking about Batherson, I love that now we can see Stutzla on that top line again. Like, see what he can do with yeah. those players. You know, you've got Norris and Kachuk up there. You pulled it up. Good job there, Craig and Alex. I, I, I like this. It's We're going to be able to see what he can do with some gamers here. So this is a good chance to allow him to progress now. He scores his goal, gets the monkey off his back. Now we can see what he what he can do with a lot more confidence with some good players on his line. So I'm pumped to see that. I'm a little weary about the decor still to a degree. But, you know, again, and this is what I'm going to touch on with Colorado DJ touched on this with their transition game. He's bang on. A really good assessment. They're very fast. So if you turn the puck over in that neutral zone against this team or you make a poor play down low in the offensive zone where you got three of your forwards caught in the in the offensive zone behind the play, they're going to burn you. So this will be a good opportunity for Ottawa to show what they can do defensively and how responsible they can be when it comes to managing the puck and making sure that when you're getting into that neutral zone, you're getting good dumps. You're getting you're you're being yeah. responsible. You're not turning it over on a forced pass across the ice. To me, those are the little areas that I'm going to want to see tonight when I'm watching. Is how responsible, uh, how how responsible uh, Ottawa can be with their puck management. Okay, uh, well, let's just flip over to the D a topic that we always like to discuss every show. <laughs> sure, <laughs> Lassie Thompson. Hey, he's gonna. I mean, he's still a Thomas Shabbat. Uh, Delzato is back in the lineup. We've got a Michael Delzato interview coming up a bit later in the show while he was out in quarantine. Yeah. Um, there's like, are you, okay, rank this top six compared to others we've seen this season with this group? I I don't mind it. You know, I, I it's tough to give these fair, balanced assessments when you're not really getting to watch these groups play together for very long, right? It's almost been kind yeah. of a revolving door, including the top yeah. pair. It's not like this has just been exclusive to your bottom two pairings. Like we're no. seeing it happening everywhere now. A lot of this because of injuries here and there as well. So I understand. But the the Thompson-Shabbat pairing is very intriguing. I mean, if that can work out right now and you can allow Zub to stay on that second pairing for now, at least for this season – that would be a blessing in disguise for this group. I mean, that would be a huge bonus to have. But Thompson's only, like, I haven't seen him play enough yet. I really liked what I've seen so far from Lassie, uh, but I just want to see a little more of it. I'm reluctant to jump on these bandwagons now. You know, we saw it where 
you know, Brandstrom plays very well at the end of last year. And all of a sudden we're all on the Brandstrom train and things yeah. kind of go south during training camp. So that's where you got to be careful with these young players. And we talk about this, right? The development in defensemen at the NHL level, and it takes time. You know, like when I first got called up to the NHL, it was really good for the, my first 20 games. And then I kind of dipped again, you know, and it took me a while to kind of figure out my game, playing in the American League, going up and down for another two years before I finally kind of found myself. So as much as we like in analyzing all these pairings and finding out where, who belongs where, I'm a little reluctant to jump on a bandwagon. Now, having said that, I do like what I saw from that top pairing. I like what Thompson brought to the lineup with Shabbat. I want to see more of that. Zub and Mete, that's I think great. One thing Zub's the cooler. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I just think one thing people forget is, A, uh, Lassie Thompson, I thought, had a really good training camp this year. He kind of just got overlooked yeah, because he did. of the numbers, right? He's He's got to yes. go down because he's on a two-way deal and all that. Um, and he also was on the, the taxi squad last season where he, again, they're starting skating with the high-end guys where the NHL players. Like, he, yeah. I, I think people just overlooked him because all the Eric Brandstrom noise and all that stuff. I think Lassie 100%. Thompson has passed Eric Brandstrom without question in this lineup. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Because if you watch Thompson play, and, and that's the beauty in, in most cases – when you hear the coaches, I know a lot of people cringe when they hear the the organization say, "Well, we need to we need them to spend some time in the American League." And I think collectively as a group <laughs> up here in Ottawa, we're all kind of like, "Oh no, 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 I don't." But in 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 Thompson's case, he was thriving to a degree down there. He was playing some pretty good hockey. I haven't been I haven't watched him. This is based off the reports that I've read. Uh, full disclosure, but um, you're right. I mean, I I do agree with you, Wally. He's he brings everything that Branstrom brings to the table and then some. And I think that's that's an advantage that he has. He's a little bit bigger. He's six foot. He doesn't get pushed around quite as easy as Branstrom does. He does, he makes very good plays under pressure in those tight little spaces. And that's a that's an attribute that you need at the NHL level for a defenseman, particularly if you're a two-way guy who's relied on playing top four minutes. You need to make those little pocket plays in the D zone where you can, like Zub does. If you watch Zub and Shabbat, yep. where they're able to make those little passes, those 10-foot passes under pressure, I saw a lot of that with Thompson. There was a lot of poise in his game. So I agree. Right now, as far as the depth chart goes, I'm sure if you went into that uh, coach's office or in the GM's office in Ottawa here uh, at the CTC, you'd probably see Thompson slotted ahead. And that's just the, you know, the sober reality of playing at this level. It's pretty cutthroat. He's only had a couple, he's only very small sample size out of Thompson, but he's left a really good impression. So that goes back to my original point. I want to see more of that. I want to be able to see what he can do now under a little bit more adversity with the group tonight in Colorado. Let's see what he can bring to the table. Uh, there's a bunch of players, as we know, and we can see them in the lineup, all out of COVID protocol. Connor Brown, Josh Brown, yeah. Alex Formanton, Dylan, Dylan Gambrell. Um, Nick Holden, but he's still not in the lineup. Victor Mete, mm. and, uh, Matt Murray, and Austin Watson, and of course, associate coach yeah. Jack Campuano. Now, we do know, despite the fact that DJ said last week that guys were just experiencing a few symptoms, there were some guys that were pretty hard hit, one of them being Austin Watson, another one being Jack Campuano. Mm. Uh, and I think it was Nick Holden said that he had some, uh, or Connor Brown said that you know, he lost uh, taste and he lost smell and all those senses that you're losing yeah. with COVID. But turning to Austin Watson, this is a guy that's, man, if he hadn't had bad luck, he hasn't had any luck of late, right? Uh, he has missed 36 games since March 22nd of last year. He missed uh, 22 with the hand injury, and that finished off his season last year. Then he missed nine coming in with an ankle injury, and now he's missed five games due to COVID yeah. protocol. He's played two games since March of last year. 
I don't expect much in the way of a game from him, but I do appreciate the fact that, man, this is a guy that's battled. He's back on the ice. And when he did play last year, I really liked his game. Like, I think he yeah. brings something to this team. Yeah, I know. Totally. And you nailed it. And, and, and we talked about this leading into the season throughout training camp on what he brought to the table, right? When we were trying to go through the lineup yeah. and see where every player belongs on that depth chart. He's a great fourth line role player at the NHL level. He's found a role and that's it. He's a tough player, but very reliable and, and, and a sneaky good penalty killer who throws his body. Yeah. In fact, he throws his body on the line probably a little more than I'd like. I, I think I'd like to see him settle down a little bit there uh, just because you want longevity and you want to be able to play that next game. And when you're throwing your legs and ankles in front of all these shots, it can get pretty difficult. But no, I like his game. You nailed it. He's had some bad luck. Uh, but that's a leader on this in this group that is not has not been around. And, and we met him, Wally, another player that we met that was gracious enough to come to our golf tournament in the summer. Just a really good guy. You know, and... Yeah. You have these yeah. perceptions Funny. of players. I played against I played against Austin when he was in Nashville, and I played a lot against him. And I always looked at him and thought, "Man, this guy's an asshole. I don't like him. Like I, I'm not a fan of this player, yeah. you know." But, but, but the same applies to almost every other guy I've ever become friends with. I meet him in person, and I realize salt of the earth kind of guy. He's been through a lot of adversity over the past few years, on and off the ice, and he's pulled through. And those are the guys that I like to cheer for. You know, he's a, he's a great story and. I know he's highly liked in this room here, so I'd like to see him get back as soon as as soon as possible. So some well wishes to Austin Watson out there, and hopefully we yeah. can get him back because I know the team misses him. Okay, so uh, Alex, I want to see the sports interaction lines right now because oh boy, the spread this <laughs> it's getting out of control now. I know I'm gonna just bring I'm gonna bring up some notes. So it's at this is the biggest spread I've seen on a Sens game so far this year. We're game 16 in. So Ottawa's plus 270, and the Avalanche are minus 333. When I Okay, so Colorado's won four straight when they've just dominated each opponent. They've outscored them 24 to 8. No McKinnon, eh, no worries. 6-1-1 uh, one one in their last eight games. Seventh best winning percentage in the West at 604. They just haven't played the same number of games, so they're sitting a little bit lower in the standings. They're going to play an right. Ottawa team that math basically hasn't played since Saturday or really done a whole lot. You can't get two practices yeah. in and go, Oh, we're back. Like, is this even going to yeah. be close? Do we look at the look? The puck line is a buck and a half or goal and a half. I'm not even sure that I would take the <laughs> plus. No, I would take the minus one point. I don't think it's close. Yeah. I, <laughs> and it, I want Ottawa to win. I want to be clear. Okay. But I just, I don't see it happening, anybody. Like, I, I just, everything is no. literally stacked against this team right now. And it's between the travel, COVID-19, uh, an incredibly strong Colorado team that's on a four-game winning streak, playing at home. I don't care if they don't have McKinnon. They're still a very good hockey team. So, I mean, the counterpoint to that, I guess you could make, Wally, is that Ottawa just seems to step up under adversity at times. And they're playing with house money tonight. I think everybody's kind of, you know, um, betting against them, and they know that. They know that they're yeah. a severe underdog, so that can work to your advantage sometimes, right? You're hoping that Colorado's going to come out, they're going to be a little lethargic, they're going to take them lightly, and Ottawa might run away with it if they're, maybe if Gus stands on his head, I, I don't know. It's not everybody's betting against them, but 93% are betting against <laughs> no, them No, I right know, now. I know. That I, was for dramatic I'm tempted to do it. No, I know, Like, but yeah. I, I was just being facetious, like you put down 10 bucks. I'm a big spender. 
you win $27. Oh like this yeah. is, you know what this yeah. is? It's the Chicago game in reverse where they went into Chicago who hadn't won and they thought they were going to win and they got pumped <laughs> by Chicago. I think that this is, might be the case. So Gustafson stands on his head. Yeah. Yeah. The re, I think Craig called it the reverse trap game or one of you guys did earlier. I, I agree. It's <laughs> listen, the stage is set for that. Absolutely. But the problem is they're not at home, right? They're going to be on the road where they don't have last change, so they can't get their matchups. They're already very yep. thin to begin with. And now you're playing against, well, a potential, I should say this because they're not necessarily at the top right now, but a potential Stanley Cup contender when they're healthy. I, I'm, I don't know. That, that last change, I can't, that doesn't get stated enough. That can, that can really bite you, and especially with the way this Ottawa team's played and the struggles that they've had in the second period throughout the season, this is going to hurt them a little bit. But you know what? If they can stick to the fundamentals tonight, not try to do too much, too fancy, keep their shifts, yeah. their shift length short, and for the love of God, just protect your goalie and your crease. Stay out <laughs> of the penalty box. You'll give yourselves an opportunity. Really, it is that simple. All those stick penalties. You know, we saw some of those over the last couple games where those those two those 200-foot stick penalties away from your own net where it's a hooking or a slash, cut or that lazy. shit out of your game. Get that exactly. Get that out. You you get you're gonna get yourself an opportunity. I just think with the firepower in Colorado right now, it's just gonna be too overwhelming. But we'll see. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog playing his 700th NHL game tonight. He'll obviously be motivated. Um, will he have to put money on the board for 700 games? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you would think. Yeah. So so the traditional way to do that. So if you're playing your 500th game, your 600th game you'd have to put 500 bucks on the board or six or $700, but it's kind of gotten out of control now. So now if you throw up <laughs> 700 bucks for your 700th game, people start going cheap, 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 cheap in the room. And there's nothing more demoralizing than a group of guys huddled around in the same small space calling you a cheap prick, right? So you've got all these guys calling you cheap. So I'm, I'm going to guess that Glaniscog will probably have to put up at least a thousand to two thousand dollars. It'll probably be in that range, which Come is pretty on. common. And he's the captain. It might be more. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, it's a yeah, lot of money. No wonder more. you retired. Well, <laughs> when I was in Dallas, <laughs> uh, Jamie Ben occasionally, like we were struggling for a little while, and and Benny would put up like ten grand every once in a while, just like a shot. Now, granted, he was making ten million a year um, in yeah. uh, no state tax area location but ten thousand dollars like imagine that just like all the like, like i would see that and i would pucker up i'd be like oh my god i can't believe you're putting up that much money did you ever think man i have a chance to score the winning goal well you know what no no the winning goal was separate so so if you would like when we would put up money sometimes as players you'd put up any given amount that would go towards the team fine fund but if you specified okay. GWG for game-winning goal, you'd put like maybe a hundred bucks up for that, right? And then occasionally, I always did this in Dallas, especially. I'd add another couple hundred bucks for the trainers. So, you know, if you won the game and you had four or five hundred bucks for the team, that's great. And underneath, you'd put four or five hundred bucks for the trainers, and you'd give them that cash after the game, and they could go spend it on the road together. Okay, so what's the ten Lots grand of for? The ten grand, Wally. Mm. Like, if okay, we what's Landis like, we putting seven hundred bucks on the board? Like, like, what do you what's mean? What's that money for? If it's if I thought it was for the game-winning goal, if you put money on the board. No, 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 no. So, so that goes into the team. That goes into the team fund. So there's always a player on the team. So money on the board always goes directly onto the team credit card. 
And that money is used for team dinners or whatever else you decide to use for events, team parties throughout the year. So if you have you happen to have a lot of money in the Team 5 fund that's kind of overflowing a bit from not being spent, you can add some of that money towards the rookie party, for example. Maybe you only have two okay. rookies and you don't want to gouge them 10 grand a pop. Well, then you add the rest of the Team Fine Fund money towards the nice dinner or whatever it might be. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I stand yeah. corrected. I always thought it was for the game-winning goal. Um, last <laughs> question I have before we move on, and that is your last game in Colorado, you played – the highest you played in your career in that building, you played 24-01. I'm just oh, curious of what that's like to play those kinds of minutes in that building when you're only there one yeah. time a year. And it's funny you say that because that was one of those games. I think I was with – was I with – I must have been with Ottawa, I think. Um, yeah, 5-3 loss. Uh, no, Dallas. It's I Dallas. was in Dallas. Okay, I can't comment yeah. there then. I have no I, – I don't even remember that game. But <laughs> – but I can tell you this, yeah, once you start once you start creeping over, you know, 18, 19 minutes and then you get into the 20s, like, you know what? Here's here's an even better one. Forget about my game. Thomas Shabbat is probably going to have to play close to 30 minutes tonight. Let's see how Thomas Shabbat <laughs> looks in that third period with 25 oh, minutes okay. under his belt. This has to stop. He can't just play 30 minutes and lose every game. Like, what is the, what's, what's the <laughs> point, Matt? I, that was my argument. So people, some people didn't like my comments. I think most people actually agreed with me. I shouldn't, I shouldn't blow that out, out uh, you know, out of the water. But um, if you're, if you're on like a, you know, if you're toward the end of the year and you're fighting for a playoff spot, for example, I can understand it. Or if you're just in contention for most of the year, there's an argument there. I, I don't, I don't get it. You know, for me, I just don't understand why you'd want, like he's leading the league, I believe right now. He's at the top. He's above Seth, Seth Jones, who, by the way, Seth Jones has been mm -hmm. struggling. He's he's ahead of all the guys. He's the top. I believe he's leading the NHL in ice time right now. And if you're yeah, he, on at a least bottom he was. Beater, yeah. is he not anymore? No, I think he, I, I haven't checked in the last day. So that's well, all whatever. I'm saying, last... It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter whether he's in first, second. It doesn't make a difference. He's playing a lot of. He's playing a lot of. He's yes. playing a lot of minutes. So, um, yeah, no, I I don't understand. I, I'm with you in that. I think you got to dial it back a little. You got to protect him. I mean, this isn't just about, well, he can handle it. Yeah, of course he can handle it. And of course he's not going to sure. say anything. But when you're playing 28 minutes a night, like, good grief. Like, it gets gets to the point where it's like, that, that, that will wear on you. And a short summer or a summer of training or whatever won't make up for that. Like, I think that's, that's just wear and tear overall on your body, on your joints, on your knees, yeah. on your shoulders from getting hit constantly. I mean, it, it does add up and i know he can handle it i don't want anybody coming after me saying mark he says he enjoys it the coach is okay with it i don't care that's not the point the point is you want to preserve your horse and this is a guy that you're going to be leaning on for the next 8 10 12 years right like so you want longevity out of thomas shabbat and i don't know that you're going to get that if you keep playing him almost 30 minutes a night i am not being dramatic yeah. i'm not exaggerating I am. This is a fair assessment, and I can tell you from experience, when you play a player for that much consistently with that frequency of games, you know, like three games a week, it does add up after a while. So we'll see how that plays out. I do have a question. When you played with Eric and he was playing 30 minutes a night, did he ever complain about playing too much? But you guys were also a little bit more successful for the most of the part, most of the time. So when you yeah, win, it's we a little were, bit different well, to play 30 yeah. minutes, no? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it, right? So, so the argument 
it made sense because we were winning games and we had a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, but Eric still would complain, like for sure. Like you could see him after a game. He was exhausted on some nights, you know, and he's just sitting there at the back of the bus sucking on a Bud Light, you know, just on the way to the airport on the road. And, and, and he handled it like a champ. He was a great leader and he still is obviously. And he's, he was a machine, but it wore on him. It had to have, I mean, how could it not? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's a fine line, Wally. I know great players want to play and they want to be out there and they play well when they play more, but I mean, at what point is too much? And I, I guess I, this is it. This, this topic is exhausting because we covered this so much yeah. last season, right? And I feel like we're back at that same spot now where I think we can all agree now that this isn't necessarily a playoff team. Is this? I don't believe that's a contentious thing to say, right? So They're why do you feel the third worst team in the league, still... Matt. Exactly. That, but I say it carefully because there are people <laughs> out there that still hold hope. And I mean, yeah. you and I, more than anybody, would love to see this team in the postseason, right? Because we can sure. continue working. Yeah. But... Yeah, uh, I just don't see it in the cards right now, and that's okay. I just want to see the team progress, and we are seeing it to a degree. I don't think it's reflecting on the stat sheets as much as we'd like, and in the in the standings, but we're seeing a lot of good things. and And I think those are easy remedies. You know, like those are you know once you fill in those extra spots where maybe some veterans are in the lineup right now that don't necessarily, or sorry, won't necessarily be there in the long term plans. Once those are filled with some really good players or better players, I should say you're going to see this team take some big steps forward. Right now, you're going to get those growing pains because, you know, this isn't a deep lineup. But if, you're, if your core guys are taking steps forward, we're seeing the top line along with some of the younger players improve, you're heading in the right direction. If we can get some better consistency out of the goaltending, we're heading in the right direction. So I think that for, you know, if you're going to kind of give it a gloss over, I think the team is heading in that right spot. It's just a matter of patience. They're not there right now. So that goes back into my final point. You got to manage the players accordingly and understand that, okay, I know winning is very important, but it's not the all end all right now. You want to see the team thrive under the, the current system. You want to see them absorb all that information, but you also want to protect your star players and make sure they don't get injured. Uh, all very good points. I am excited to see when we get to our hundredth show, how much money you're going to put up on the board. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll put uh, a, Hey, I'll put up a, ca a case of free whitewater beer. How about that? Oh man. Well, hold, just hold back. Don't go crazy. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, sponsors gong show, by the way, uh, our great sponsor who outfit us with our merchandise, they are having a black Friday sale all week long on their website. There is no code needed. You have 20% off, which means all the Wally Mathot merchandise, 20% off. That's right. Sweatshirts or hoodies, I guess we call them $64. Hats are down. My camera, I think they're 27 bucks or something. Um, get online this week at gongshow.com and get in on your orders for the fall or Christmas or whatever. 20% off the entire site. Uh, and always nice. thank you to Gong Show Gear. Um, now, coming up, uh, we have Michael Delzato in the Whitewater chat. But before that, here are the pearls of wisdom as it comes to you for Michael Delzato, of course, as always. Uh, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Pearls of Wisdom. All right, here we go. 718. That's the most current games played on the Ottawa Senator roster. Uh, 19 years, 100 days was the age he became the youngest Rangers D-man to play in a season opener. That was in 2009 yeah. at Pittsburgh. 12 points in his first 12 NHL games, most ever by a Rangers defenseman. 
And first NHL goal scored versus Ottawa in his second career NHL game. By the way, that again on Pascal Leclerc. It should have been a trivia question. Um, <laughs> I asked uh, Del Zotto about that in the interview. Uh, he was caught off guard. He actually forgot about it. Um, that's coming up in the Whitewater chat, as always presented by Whitewater Brewery. Uh, shop Whitewater ca get 15 off use the wally method coupon code uh that's all coming up after the break uh as meth was busy as he's been all week long uh doing some other stuff uh that i apologize for the thursday night show that was just there's too much going on so here as we come back from break uh, i have a quick chat uh, with michael delzato back in the lineup tonight uh, enjoy Welcome back to the Wally Method Show, brought to you by Whitewater Brewery. Shop whitewater.ca and use the Wally Method coupon code. Uh, it's brewed by friends for friends, and I think everybody around the Ottawa Senators right now could use a good beer. Uh, joined now by Michael Delzado, the defenseman of the Ottawa Senators. Um, MDZ, as they like to call you, welcome to the show. I know this is a crazy time for you. I, I guess, first of all, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, we're trying to take it each day. Um... You know, there's a lot of stuff that's out of our control, obviously, with this uh, this week, the three games postponed. Uh, the number one priority is everyone's health and safety, and it's not just the players, the staff, uh, their families as well. So hopefully everyone uh, can uh, can get healthy here ASAP and we can move on from this. Uh, one of the things they teach you in hockey is worry about the things you can control. I, I, what is it like, I guess, going to the rink every day under, the, I guess, the last week and not knowing what's going to happen or who's going to test positive or how this is going to play out? Yeah, you've been kind of going to the rink with your fingers crossed and hopes that you're going to be negative. Um, you know, a lot of stuff out of our control. And I think it's a great learning experience for some of the young guys on our team that there's only so much you can't control and it's very little in this game. Um, so just taking what each day uh, brings to you, um, preparing the best way you can and, and leaving it all, out all on the ice. That's the biggest thing is, is you, you come to the rink with a smile on your face, uh, ready to work and whatever else happens uh, is out of your control. Uh, what do you, I guess, what's the mindset going into these last few games? You're shut out two to the three. It, I mean, you're so depleted. You're missing 10 guys in your lineup. Uh, are you frustrated that these games haven't been, I guess, canceled or just the way that you don't have enough bodies to actually almost compete? Um, you know, I was under the impression uh, that no matter what happened, games wouldn't be postponed or canceled. Um, so that wasn't even a thought really going into my mind. Um, it's an next man up uh, mentality, you know, it's an opportunity for other guys that maybe uh, are in the AHL to show their stuff to management. It's an opportunity for other guys to be put in situations that they may not usually be put in. So um, it's a showcase for other guys. And is it unfortunate? Of course, um, you know, being shut out, that's never fun. Uh, we've talked about if we provide uh, work ethic and attention to detail every single night, we'll give, our we'll give ourselves a chance to win. Um, obviously, if you don't score, that, that makes it uh, very, very tough. Um, so there's, again, only so much we can control, and that's our work ethic and our attention to details on a, on a nightly basis. And, um, you know, as the results haven't been there, but at the same time, um, at least as a player, I'm not sure as a fan, I, I don't see it from that side. As, as a player, I'm proud of our group. Um, you know, this hasn't been easy, especially a younger group that may not have been uh, for adversity in their career or at least as, as difficult as the process this has been. Um, we've come to the rink every day uh, with their work boots on and we've given everything we've had. We haven't got the results, but uh, that's all you can ask for. What does Michael Delzato do now that he's got to sit at home? I'm back to, to quarantine again uh, from the original COVID process. So I've been baking yesterday, I made some, uh, some healthy banana bread. Um, 
I did, uh, I played, played the saxophone, which I'm picking back up again, did some DJing and, uh, I'm getting my real estate license now. So I, I've already watched too much. I've been watching too much TV at the start of the season. And as, as we get, uh, the weather gets colder here and there's less to do outside, I'm trying to find ways to occupy my time and, and, and ways to, to learn and, um, gain some, uh, um, some knowledge in, in the real world. Okay. So what TV shows, are you like a cooking kind of guy show? Like what do you watch as TV? No, I, I like, I like true crime series. I think that's uh, that's exciting for me. I just finished the third season of Narcos Mexico, uh, and queen of the South. I think that stuff's very interesting. Uh, more of like the cartel, uh, drug Lord stuff, uh, pretty crazy stuff when you get into the details of it, how that stuff, uh, went on. Um, that's about it. I've actually been watching a little bit more hockey. I don't, to be honest, I don't watch a ton of hockey uh, in season. We're at the rink so much. We're so uh, involved in on a daily basis. I, I enjoy um, getting away from the game and I find it actually helps me at the rink. So that's why I have the, these other hobbies, uh, which I'm going to dive into definitely a little bit more, especially this week as we're stuck at home. Will you play your sacks in front of your hockey team? Uh, maybe as I... I gain some momentum and get a little bit better at it. I went through a stretch uh, four or five years ago where I picked it back up again and, and got pretty good, actually. Um, right now, I'm just learning uh, toddler songs for my nephew so I can play uh, play them for him on. He's a year and a half. So just to play on FaceTime for him as I'll probably go through, I think it'll be six months uh, till I see him. So um, I'm trying to stay up to date with him on FaceTime so that when I do see him in person, he's not, uh, acting like I'm a stranger around him. Uh, that's good stuff. Um, so you're known as Deli is your nickname, but I've now known you to be called uncle Deli because you're around so <laughs> many young guys. Uh, are you okay with being uncle Deli? Yeah, I've had that nickname for a few years now. Uh, I'm kind of the fun uncle, you know, being one of the older guys, uh, but single, uh, you know, I'm around the young guys quite a bit, uh, when we're at home, you know, most of the older guys are at home with their families, their kids and their wives, and I'm with the young guys. So, um, I, I enjoy the nickname. It's fun. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm 31, but I'm young at heart. I, I love joking around. I'm very rarely, uh, serious. So I'm, I'm trying to help the young guys out on some of the off ice stuff. Uh, you know, a few of them getting into cooking as opposed to eating out every single night, um, reading some books too and getting away from the video games it's uh it's been a struggle though uh ghostbusters so uh, did did they all buy in on this halloween setup or did you have to convince them to do the ghost since no they, they bought Wars in no yeah they yeah which I, I actually didn't know that until after i read that on twitter which was crazy to me um uh, we actually had other costumes i'm not going to ruin them uh which was a fun one on the, the premise of, of uncle deli and, and them two being like my you know my nephews or my kids um, but the costumes actually didn't come in, didn't arrive in time. So Ghostbusters was a last, uh, last minute thing, uh, but it actually worked out pretty well. And then Tyler Ennis, that wasn't planned at all. He just kind of, uh, didn't have a costume and went with the, the ghost as just his spare bed sheet, which, <laughs> but it kind of worked out well with the Ghostbusters theme and, uh, turned out to be a pretty funny picture. That's well done. Uh, Josh Norris says he can cook. Have you seen him cook? Is it, is he making it up? Um, I heard that too. I have not seen that yet. Okay. Um, once we get over this, this COVID, uh, this isolation, I'm going to have them over for, for dinner. And then I'm hoping he'll have me over as well. And it might be a weekly thing where we can uh, compete in, uh, with recipes and food and, and maybe Drake can be the, the mediator. 
Um, if you're to cook steak, how do you cook it? Depends the type of steak. Let's go filet. Filet, I'm a barbecue guy, but it, it depends. You know, I've been, uh, in past years, I've lived in apartments where I don't have a barbecue. So then you learn how to sear it uh, on the stove and then work it in the oven, uh, slow cook it that way. Um, I actually just made made a nice uh, Wagyu last night, which was really good. Uh, I love steak. Um, I don't eat it a ton, to be honest. I've gone away from it a little bit. Um, love fish. My, my, my best recipe, which I get asked, uh, to make all the time by, by my buddies are my Parmesan ribs. So maybe the quick recipe, it's, um, you slow cook them in the oven for three to three and a half hours, depending on the oven or, or, or what you have, and then take them out. Uh, there's already a dry rub on them, a little sauce with some, uh, sprinkled fresh Parmesan, put it back into broil. So it, uh, it, it melts and, uh, it's pretty good. There's a few other little tricks, but I don't want to give my, uh, I don't want to give them away. There's uh, some other ways to make it a little bit tastier and allows uh, the ribs to soak in a, in a certain juice. Our next live show will be from your kitchen. Um, so, yeah. so, so let's see here. You're, <laughs> you're trying to do real estate license, the sax. I know you DJ. Like, is there anything you haven't done that you want to? Like, is pilot's license? Like, you seem to have lots of <laughs> free time. I don't understand where you fit it all in. I actually did fly a plane last, uh, this past November in Miami, uh, over the coast, which is uh, over the beach, uh, in, in South Beach, which was pretty cool. Um, probably the, the, the one thing that, uh, that I'd like to learn that I, I, I don't do is, is the dancing side. I've taken classes before. I've taken, uh, salsa dancing classes, which was cool. I enjoyed that. Um, but I think being a little bit more, uh, I don't know what uh, fluid or a little bit more comfortable on the dance floor probably wouldn't be a, a terrible thing. And that's something uh, I think I'd be working on and, and maybe a surprise. I know my mom, whenever we go to weddings, my mom's always dying to dance and I'm, I'm not one to be embarrassed, but that's the one thing that I, I definitely get a little shy, shy with when uh, I'm on the dance floor, unless I've had, you know, six to eight tequilas in me and I'm a little bit looser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Since you're a DJ, do you control the room music or is someone else? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Especially before the games. And I'm not sure if you, you notice the on ice warm up music is mine as well. Um, that's a fun little thing that has kind of gone on since uh, my time in Philly. It, it's cool because the on ice warm up, as much as it's great to create uh, an aura or an atmosphere for the fans, it's also for the players as well. And um, you know, having a bunch of young guys who are into house music as well has been great. And you see songs that come on and warm up and guys singing, dancing and feeling loose. I think that's, uh, pretty cool. And I, I've enjoyed that side of it, getting to know guys, music tastes and some of their favorite songs and maybe remixing it with some other stuff and, and get some feedback that way. Does Tim Stutzler have a good music taste? Does he want to have German music? How's it go? He hasn't asked about German music. He likes, uh, he likes the house. Uh, Drake too is trying to get into DJing a little bit. Um, so I get some feedback from them, obviously shabby. There's a few guys who are into like the old school rock stuff, but for the most part, it's pretty much, uh, EDM house and a little bit of hip hop. So it makes it easy for me because that's the stuff I enjoy as well. How many words have you heard out of Art and Zub's mouth? Uh, how many words I've heard and how many I've understand, uh, understood are, are a big difference. Uh, I'm trying to get him to talk a little bit more. I'm trying to, he's, he's opening up a little bit more. His English has gotten better from what I understand. Um, but that's still, still a work in progress. 
Is he very entertaining? We don't see him very often. So we're just, he has this mythical edge about him because he doesn't talk. He's almost like Evgeny Malkin. You never hear from him. Um, yeah, he, he's very mysterious. Yeah, he, yeah. he is. He's like the, he's like the Dos Equis guy, right? He's, uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, he, he's smiling. And even with the music in the room, that's one thing I've actually, that's kind of brought us, uh, created some conversation with us is he likes the music as well. And I see him, you know, kind of moving his head a bit or, or tapping his toe. So I know he's liking a song or feeling it a little bit. So I've tried to use the music side to create some, uh, some chemistry or some similarities, uh, for us to, to create conversation and hopefully have us talking on a daily basis. Uh, one of the questions I ask all the guests is, do you have a favorite snack if you're watching your favorite TV show? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'd like to say I'm pretty healthy, like very healthy. Um, I've taken a step back a little bit through COVID actually, and I've, it's actually been quite nice. Um, before I used to only have, I'd have one cheat every, every two weeks. So I was very, very strict. Uh, but sour candy is my, is my fix. Like that's, that does it for me. Um, and no specific kind, just any type of sour candy I love. Um, and then being back in Canada now, um, uh, ketchup or all dressed chip, chips are, are, are definitely up there. Solid. Uh, you're just missing a coffee crisp and you're all set. Um, yeah, no crunchy bar, crunchy bar. That's my favorite. <laughs> The, uh, you were drafted in Ottawa. You scored your first goal against the Ottawa Senators on Pascal Leclerc. I, do you feel like there's a connection of one of the reasons why you signed here was, did you feel like you, I don't know, that there was something there? Um, I actually didn't think about the, the Ottawa goal. Thanks for reminding me. Um, yes, and, yes and no, not so much from past experiences. I think just the direction of the team, um, you know, the, the young talent, the up-and-coming talent, the the way they finished last year, um, you know, the, the the hole on defense that I, you know, I was expecting to come in and fill that. It hasn't been probably the easiest or smoothest transition uh, of my career coming to a new team. And, and I'm definitely used to that at this point, being on, you know, new teams each year and actually take pride in, in that, being able to go to a new team and fit it in right away. It's because, you know, it's not easy. And you see that happen each year with, players at the trade deadline or free agency, it's, it's not always the easiest getting to know 23 players, uh, you know, 15, 20 staff, coaches, um, cities. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough, uh, if I'm being quite honest with you. So coming in, it's been, uh, this has been a tough transition for me, you know, ex you know, not playing in the first game and trying to find my role with the team. Um, you know, lately with the guys dealt with COVID, uh, getting some consistency in the lineup, playing bigger minutes. You know, I feel more comfortable getting used to now uh, a different system, which, you know, there's only so many systems uh, that, that you can play. Uh, no one's really reinventing the wheel, but it has been an adjustment on how we've played here. Very different, uh, uh, a different system than I've actually ever played in my previous 12 years in the NHL. So I'm feeling more and more comfortable um, and I'm hoping to, to continue to earn the coach's trust and uh, be able to, to be in the lineup every night and, and help this team continue to progress in the right direction. I guess mentally, how different do you feel from the start of the season when you didn't get to play very much to now where you're in as a regular spot playing 20 minutes a night, uh, playing the last four straight games? Uh, I, I mean, it feels great mentally. It's, it's great knowing that you feel more part of the team, that you're contributing every single night. Obviously, the wins and the results aren't there that way. Uh, but I'm happy with where my game's at. I'm competing hard defensively um, and try, trying to create offense when the opportunity does uh, present itself. Um, it's it's a nice feeling 
uh, when you're with the group every single day, playing every game, being in that locker room, especially being a veteran guy and a vocal guy. Um, it's not always the easiest to provide leadership or a voice in the room when you're not in the lineup and not um, in the games, you know, in practice is one thing, but when you're not in the battle every single night with the other guys, it's tough to provide that. So having that consistency, the last four games, um, I've, I've found myself being more vocal and being more, uh, um, a, a bigger presence in the room. I gotta let you go. Uh, one last question I want to ask if you could DJ anywhere in the world, where is it that you'd want to do that? Um, that is a great question. Um, it's tough to narrow it down to one, but if I, I have to say one, just because it's fresh on my head, is uh, Ushuaia in, in they pronounce it Ibiza, not Ibiza. Um, so you'd have to, I'm not sure if you've heard of that, you can look it up after, but it's at a hotel uh, in Ibiza and it's uh, outside by the pool and it's, it's a pretty epic, uh, it's, it's, uh, you have to look it up. It's hard to explain, uh, but that would be, uh, you know, there is probably the, um, kind of like uh, Canada being the, the hockey mecca of the world, house music that would be there uh, in Ibiza. So it would probably be there. There's obviously lots of other places, but most of them, if not all, would be would be in Europe. Would you rather play a game at MSG or do a set as a DJ at MSG? Well, I've already played a game at yeah. MSG, so I'd probably play a set. So I think that, that's old news. So I've already done that. I've played enough of them there. Um, Maybe a set there. I, actually, I don't even know if a set there would be that entertaining. More of uh, the music I like to play is more of an outdoor uh, vibe, uh, being by the pool, and any excuse to take my shirt off is also kind of nice too. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you sound like meth all of a sudden. Anyway, uh, I, Michael, I appreciate you taking the time to come chat with us. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. I can't wait for all you guys to be healthy and back on the ice. Regardless of what the scores may be right now, you guys played a hell of an exciting brand of hockey, so it is fun to watch. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Take care. We'll see you soon. Uncle Deli. Now, Matt, the one thing I'm trying to get out of him in that show was uh, telling me how to cook my steak or that he liked uh, how he liked his steak to be cooked, not how he wanted yeah. to cook it in a cast iron pan. But I wanted him. I was hoping he would just go like, yeah, like a really like a medium well done steak. But I didn't get that from him. <laughs> was trying. Good. And you asked him a little bit about DJing and um and how he chose i knew he would pick i know it the, the correct pronunciation is ibiza right um yeah. and obviously yeah. corrects everybody have you been? anyway no i haven't obviously not i'd love to okay. but uh, that, i don't know i feel like the right time to go there would have been about 10 years ago for me wally <laughs> uh, when did you get married Matt? i got married at 32 so it's at, no about 10 yeah. years ago oh no <laughs> Ten years. <laughs> all good all good uh i'd like to no, welcome good. craig into the show if he's yeah um no, and craig? michael was i mean he's a lot of fun right like hey i guys. really like del zotto hey yeah, that was a good one. interview Uncle yeah Bradley. what's up Craiger? not much guys what's happening so what do you yeah got i got now? a bunch you of got some uh, questions i you yeah you I got one before we start though Okay, yeah, we'll go with okay. Vince first. Uh, but I got a bunch of my guy know, mentions. If anybody else wants to drop in there and ask anything, ask away. Or in the, the chat. Uh, just it. because it's music-related and Michael Delzato was talking about music. Um, as a player, uh, by the way, this is from uh, at Latvian Ian, I think it is. Uh, as a player, how hard was it to ignore the in-house music between plays? Was there a particular song you heard over and over again, night after night, that drove you crazy? Yes. 
What drove me nuts uh, would have been when I was in Columbus and we were still coming out to m that Bush song, Machine Head. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to pretend, you know, people know the song. It drove me nuts. And, I, and I'm very conscious. Like some people don't really pay, sorry, some players don't necessarily always pay attention to the music. I always do. So when I would hear a really good rock song or a good metal song come on, I'm like, yes, like, oh, they're playing Pantera. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. But um, I found the, the because I know Deli likes the house music. I totally respect that. Yeah. But I find it, it, it gets very <laughs> monotonous and it doesn't really inspire me. So like I like like a like a heavy rap music or a heavy metal song like that. I like the stuff that's got some like soul behind it. You know what I mean? I found electronic music very, I don't know. Like I can listen to it by the pool, but it doesn't put me up to play yeah. a hockey game. I'll put it that way. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Sorry, listen, Fred. I, I sat up and I sat up in the stands and watched 41 home games a year with roughly the same music and stuff. So you start, honestly, it's like an act in insanity to like do that, to listen to the same things and watch the same yes. videos and, uh, yes. A buddy of mine actually just got back from Vegas and like, if you go see a, a game at any other rink, like it's going to feel new and fresh because you've never seen it before. Right. But if you do it, like it's, yeah. that's a hard game. Game production is a battle, man. And trying to find songs 100%. that everybody likes, like, well, so and yeah, it's, it's, and they, yeah, like it's, it's easy. Like we're not attacking, like Mar no, no. Alex does a great job with Ottawa. Yeah. It's hard because he's got to toe the line, right? Like you got to be careful because you got to appease yeah. You yeah. know the sick, the seniors, Everybody. as well as the yeah. younger crowd, and try to find a happy medium. So it's 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 a it's always a lose lose yeah. battle. Well, yeah, and, and they're getting. I always remember like, turn it down, right? And so yeah. it's like it's yes. hard, man. It's hard. Go ahead, Brent. I do remember though the cameras catching uh, Thomas Shabbat. I think it was coming out just for warm to start a warm. But I I think there was like Adele or Taylor Swift or Houston. something, and they it's Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. That's what it was. He was yeah. singing along to Whitney Houston. It was awesome. Yeah, guys will sing every now and then. You'll catch them lip syncing or whatever, but it has to oh, be yeah. like it's it's not going to be Cotton Eye Joe or something. Like it's got to be something that hits, no. right? That you don't Cotton hear Eye too Joe. Often. Don't even get me started oh, on Cotton yeah. Eye Joe. But it gets the it gets the kids jumping around and everyone loves it. So I, whatever. It's not for me. That's what I think. And when they play that, they're not like let's get let's get Craig going. It's not that's not it. It's for the kids and the the old people. That that's the hockey song they know. So yeah. Anyways, that was a good question. That was on my list to do here, Brent, but. Uh, did you want, Sorry. I know there's a bunch of other, no, 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 that's perfect. That's one less I got to do here. Um, we can stick with, oh, we, we already talked about Adele. I don't really want to do that again. Um, how about this one? Why don't we, uh, why don't we do a little bit of hockey talk to start here? Uh, we talked about Lassie Thompson. Uh, we talked about kind of the sense being thin and whatever. Um, what's a, is there a realistic trade for this team? Like, is it, is it worth looking at trade options for the Ottawa Senators right now? Like given that, your line, your 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 roster has been decimated by injuries. Like, is it worth to do it to raise a bad team up, or is this a team that no. might use a spark and this that can spark the season and turn things around? No, I, 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 at least from my perspective, Craig, I, I don't see the point until you know the team's knocking on the door. At least, yeah, you know what I mean. So right now, with where they're at, if you want to make a significant trade, you need to, you need to part with a significant piece, and it's going to be a younger player that. I'm sure a lot of fans are are you know behind. So I think that's a, that's an avenue that you probably will explore in the summertime around free agency. And I'd like to see them go after a legitimate guy. I like, and there are players out there. Like you look at a guy like um, a Chikrin. Chikrin's a guy in, in Arizona right now that play on a really struggling team. 
He's got a good deal. It's a sweetheart deal for the next four or five years. Defenseman around 20. I don't know how old he is exactly. He's around 25 or whatever. But very good player on a struggling team. Might be a little disgruntled. Might not be. I don't know where, where his mindset's at. But I'd like to see the team go after a guy similar to that. That you could just throw in your top four and he'd blend right in. Same applies to your forwards. I don't see that happening until the summertime, though. Brian, what about you? What do you think? I don't know that is they it, need – so I don't know. Here's the thing. Do You you don't even know what you have yet because you haven't had a full roster. You haven't exactly. – like, you've gone through COVID protocol. Like, why don't we – okay, so just wait to see what's actually in the lineup, first of all. Yes, they're not that yeah. good, but do you wait to see what comes up next year and how they progress? And the yeah, other issue, though, sure. is on the flip side of that – as Meth, you brought up, if you're going to make a significant move, you got to move some pieces. They've got enough pieces that are so-called stockpiled. They can't all play in the National Hockey League here in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to move them. So at some point, you're going to have to make a move here to bring in something you legitimately need. And that is totally an area agree. where they've got to try and, and make sure, A, they do it right, and B, they they feel like this is the right piece to move. They've got to move pieces. There's just no way yeah, all these guys, sure. unless they just leave them in Belleville, get to play in the National Hockey League. So they've got all of this stockpiled, start to make some moves when they start to feel like they've got a competitive team that pushes for a playoff spot. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I think we're going to switch gears entirely here, and we're going to go. We've had a couple – more than one person ask me about Costco. So I'm going to amalgamate all their Costco questions just into one. <laughs> and that's just like – what is – what if you're taking a trip to Costco, I, you, I know uh, you guys are both Costco guys. So you guys head over there occasionally to grab some bulk items. Uh, what's the what's the number one thing you got to come home with from Costco? Okay, okay wait. Can I – hold on a second. I despise uh -huh. Costco because was a shock. going in <laughs> – it's a mess yeah. of just a mass of people. And so yeah. I have a list. I'm ready to roll. I know where it is. I go with my daughter. It's in the cart. We're out to the checkout. I have all my UPC codes facing up. So they just scan them. Boom, boom, boom. I'm out the door. 15 minutes flat. I don't mess around in Costco because there's nothing. Uh, there's just too many people. That's it. Yeah, I thought I'm you'd like, the, like the soul. I thought you'd like kind of the soullessness of it, right? To like quickly, you don't, you can just have your big cart. You throw everything. You can self-check. Yeah, but everybody's like. You go over to the banana section and everybody's like f just rummaging through the bananas to make sure they get the right yellow. It's, uh, just get out of my way. Let me get my groceries and I'll be done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm the same. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I will say is that I go to the Barhaven location and it is a game changer. Like if you go to uh, the Hunt Club one and there's one out in the East End, I no. believe two off Innes yeah. or whatever. Like... Barhaven's great because it's not as crazy busy, especially if you go at the proper time during the week. But for me, it's always the same. I always get steaks. Uh, I love their prime ribeye cuts. I always leave with Perrier or their Kirkland brand sparkling water. Mm -hmm. Elliot, my wife, and I drink a lot of sparkling water. Um, and then what else do we get typically that, that is like a staple there? Well, we get tons of eggs. We I probably go through six eggs a day here at the house, myself alone. So we go a lot of eggs. Uh, and that's about it. I'm not going to waste anybody's time with other trivial purchases, but yeah, typically those are the, the three things that I go for. Can we bring up steak again? I need yeah, to, sure. uh, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. So <laughs> my wife cooked me steak last night now on the barbecue. And normally she's like, she, and my daughter and I both like it a medium. Well, it's a little more. Well, it, in my, as my daughter said, I think it's still alive. My wife completely blew cooking my steak last night. Very disappointed. That's a hard statement to say out loud. So imagine, 
imagine imagine living in a world where you blame your wife for not cooking your red meat properly yeah like this isn't i was like how did you mess just, this up and 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 but like this is my only thing my only issue with your comment right now is if like it's one thing if your steak is overcooked because there's no turning back but mm -hmm. yeah. if it's undercooked just put it on the pan for a couple minutes and just just warm it up a little more and then you're good I know she and she said just put it back on or whatever and I'm like but yeah and then my potatoes that I've mashed so perfectly oh, or my sakes, asparagus are going to be cold Okay, next question. So I I sucked it up and I ate it. Just so we're clear. Oh, you're you're hey Wally, you are a warrior. Thank yeah. you for Thank your you. service. I see. Thank you. I finally appreciate this. Lisa was in the chat earlier too during the the Delzato interview, saying that you could maybe get some pointers from him. So maybe that's see. I but I know should... now that she's gone to pick up my kid at at hockey or at school, so she can't be. So this is the perfect time to lay this down. Oh, good. Smart. Good. <laughs> why don't we stick why don't we stick with food because somebody sent me a picture of a burger that i wish they hadn't um and i figure we should probably spend a little oh. time yeah rate this burger my friend made look at this burger his friend made uh, just <laughs> okay hey let's yeah. you know what let's start the rate trashing burger <laughs> that is that okay <laughs> that looks like something you'd find behind a dumpster that might be a dead rat but it's not it's just a someone made that like someone Someone made that, put it on a paper plate and thought, I nailed it. This is, <laughs> this looks really good. And I don't know how you even eat that. Like you, you, you'd have to blend it and add like broth to it because it would be so dry that you'd have to be admitted into an ER somewhere. I, I that is an abomination. I already posted, I believe on that, on that tweet. And yeah. I never want to see that picture. I haven't again. seen this. Yeah, Brent, what do you think of the cook on this? this. Now, what do you think of the cook on this burger? Is this is this how you like your well, burgers cooked? Because I would it, say this is, is pretty that, well done. Is that craft like cheese slice? That's a craft single that? boys. That's a craft. <laughs> oh my god! Like and no. the care, and I can I can tell they didn't really know how to open the packaging, so they ripped it apart and then they packed it yeah. on top. Well, there might oh, still be plastic zoom, on that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's bad. And, I, um, and who, who who needs then? It's like this needs more yellow, just mustard. That's only acceptable. Okay, so there's too there's, no other there's too much mustard, Ugh. way too much mustard. There's no ketchup. I don't. You can't have a burger without ketchup. Um, okay. And that's uh, is that a, like where's the is that a piece of bread or is that a bun? Because it looks like a piece of bread. It looks. It's a bun. It, I think. A, it, I think it's, it's just a, a crappy bun. bun. It's a bun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's at first. Okay, at first, this I is something it might have been multigrain, but no. I I feel like this is something my mom may have cooked back in the day, which is why I'm the way I am. But this would not be something I would look forward See, to digesting. Wally, blaming your mom. Yeah. Like, listen, my mom, <laughs> God bless her. I yeah. love her. I was just there yeah. a couple days ago. She loved <laughs> to overcook things as well. So like a chicken breast would be yeah. put in the oven at 350 for an hour when I grew up. Yeah. So yeah. everything was very dry. I don't do that. I've learned from that. And I make sure that I cook things properly with a meat thermometer if I need help. <laughs> Well, like to blame your mom for your bad habit yeah. of overcooking meat is just, it's disingenuous I, wait and it's, it's, no, no, you know, I don't, I don't overcook the meat. I just now like it cooked that way. So yeah, okay. to you, it's overcooking yeah, yeah, okay. to me. It's flaky yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I like. that's, and that's fair. You're right. It's subjective. I guess I yeah. like, do you, you don't overcook your chicken and pork and fish and all that stuff, right? Uh, no. Oh God. Uh, 
<laughs> do you like it like a little on the drier side? I think is what he's asking. Like, do you like your chicken yeah. kind of dry? Yeah. Yeah. So you like, I that. don't like, yeah, I don't like it wet. Juicy. Flavor. Yeah. Juicy. <laughs> I yeah. You don't like it flavorful and juicy as Craig just said. Yeah. Really good point. Craig, let's move on. You... Next question. Yeah. Yeah. We can. I was going to ask him how long he rests his steak, but I'm, I know the answer is not going to be what I want to hear. <laughs> rest. Uh... That thing doesn't need to rest at all. It's dead. It's burnt. <laughs> Barbecue to the plate. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, this geez. is kind of a food huh. question because it is a food question. It's, it's what is your go-to meal for watching the NFL on Thanksgiving Thursdays? I, I love American Thanksgiving in Canada because so, you so kind of just get f- just regular random football during the day. It's always, you always got to watch the Lions or Cowboys or Packers yeah. or Bears or whoever. But what yeah. a great opportunity to sneak some decent food into your schedule. Is there something you yeah, guys I maybe lo- would I- like to cook up on a, on a Thanksgiving Thursday in America? Yeah, I cook turkey all the time. I cook – I love turkey. Uh, I've mastered it uh, just from doing it so often. I will say this. I got a good story. Back in Columbus, when I lived in the condo there with a whole bunch of players, um, I decided to borrow one of our trainers, our team uh, equipment staff guys. He had a big turkey fryer. So it's basically like a big drum with a bunch of oil mm-hmm. in it, right? For those who have no idea what I'm talking about. And you dunk the turkey slowly in it. And I thought it would be a smart idea to do it on my patio in the apartment building. <laughs> and people, all you have to do is, is Google turkey frying incidents to find all the awful things that potentially oh, yeah. can happen. That's now, all I can picture right now. <laughs> thankfully... And I was young. I was like 24. But this is when I started cooking. Like, I really started taking it on. And thankfully, nothing bad happened. We were very careful. There wasn't a ton of oil in there. And we so we submerge it. But I didn't cook it long enough. So all around the cavity, it was pretty uh... raw still when we when we cut it up. It was with Alex Picard. Not the Picard that played here uh, in Ottawa, one, right? but the other first rounder by Columbus. And so he was with me. My brother flew in. He was there, too. And we had a good time. We were we were pretty drunk by the time the turkey was ready, so we ate around the raw meat. We still ate some of the turkey, uh, but but the takeaway here is never ever fry a turkey in a car in a in an apartment building. It is like you could burn the whole place down. So I would never do that again. I'm not I'm not bragging about it. I'm not proud of that, but it happened, and I learned from it. Okay. okay. Uh, what's what's I American just see you right now with your your apron on. Yeah. You just oh no, no, like no. I got this. You're cranking up the propane. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Matthew, yeah, you're the only one of us that lived in America. What's America Thanksgiving like? Is it a, like a huge, like a bigger deal than Canada? Like I, I, I it sounds oh, like yeah. it might be. They, but it's is huge. it obviously it's huge? Like what, yeah, is it, yeah, what does yeah. it look it's like? Huge. Everything like, shuts down. Like you, you, you like yeah. nothing is open. Well, you go downtown. Uh, or in any big city, it's just completely dead. Everyone's at home. It's it's almost bigger there than Christmas to a degree. There's an argument to be made there for sure. Like it's it's a very big deal. But I mean, a lot of the same traditions, right? Like we do the turkey there and same as here and people get together with family. It's just there, it's almost a rite of passage. Like everyone does it. There are no exceptions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a big deal. I've just never, I've never been in America, I think, for American Thanksgiving. So I was just curious what it looked like kind of firsthand. Uh, I got one last hockey one, and I think, Brent, this is one you wanted to talk about anyways, but it comes from uh, Brett Murdoch, and he asks, uh, do you guys think Alfie will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame class for 2022? That's a topic that's been going around social media a lot. Uh, was, is, would anyone like to start? Kick it off here. Wally, take it, bud. Okay. Do I think he'd be in 2022? No, but I do eventually think he'll be in. And Craig, and I, I, we're going to lead this back to you because I think you have more to say about this than any of us, is – 
he is Hall of Fame worthy. It is called the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. And he's done a ton of stuff even outside of hockey, let alone outside the NHL, let alone in the NHL. But he's a three-time major award winner. Uh, he's put up enough points. His All those analytical stats that show uh, how well his point production has been over the time frame, I think he's fourth in points over his career at that during when he played. Um, six-time All-Star, right? Like rookie NHL all-star rookie team, like Calder Trophy winner, all that stuff. He's in the IIHF Hall of Fame. He's done everything I think he needs to do. That stupid little caveat of you need to win a Stanley Cup to get in bothers me because it's not the NHL Hall of Fame. So uh, Alfie deserves to be in. Whether he, I don't think he gets in this year, but I do know it's it's got to be soon. Um, I also think though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there, and Craig, you can help me out. I think is. I believe he's because of the way the the relationship is with this franchise and particularly the owner that this isn't going to happen perhaps until there is a new owner in Ottawa to help facilitate and put Alfie front and center to get him in the Hall of Fame. There needs to be a push from the organization and Alfie needs to kind of want the organization to help him and so much friction between the two keeps this kind of at arm's length. Yeah, I think kind of a big thing that happened over the past week seems to be like the media outside of Ottawa seems to like kind of pick up on this one, which is they're going to need like any player will need a groundswell of support. Right. So I think that was something I mean, eventually it was going to happen. Right. Like people, they, whenever there's somebody that is maybe and I'm not suggesting Daniel Alfred is a borderline Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer, but anybody that's maybe hasn't won that cup or they have a, a strike against them in somewhere, you need somebody to like a, a mass of people to kind of present the argument and pitch it so that it's it's undeniable and, and i think you're starting to see that i mean mendez's article alone but we've seen kind of one-offs here and there i think if you see a groundswell like you saw on social media and everybody kind of getting up in arms about it like that's the best case to be made so i was pretty psyched to see that because for a while there i mean it was too easy for the big outlets in toronto and montreal to just say like well never won a cup and it's like ah. so you see a lot of people now kind of pulling some of these underlying stats and i threw the adjusted stats on here too just because it just shows yeah. like the era that he played in like look look where he ranks like he's among the 50 best players to play according to the adjusted stats uh so he should be in the hall of fame which has more than 50 people in it like just if you start kind of well, crunching the numbers that way then i think i don't think you can say he's he should or shouldn't go I, he definitely should it's just when when's the time because i mean he could be against a strong yes. class this year or next year or whatever right so it's hard to say. I but think it's the Hall of Fame. We There's always a strong yeah. class. Yeah. Right? Like, at That's some true. point, though, you have to look past the, oh, well, he can't have too many guys go in. He yeah. is 54th in career points. 54th. Yeah. There's been 7,000 yeah. people playing the National Hockey League. I yeah. think that alone deserves recognition to be in the Hall. I think if you are in the top 100 points all time, you automatically are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I think that's like, it, it's hard to tell. Right. And I think that's people's biggest issues is like, what are the parameters? Cause they do kind of change. Like I, I would say Daniel Offens has had similar careers to other guys who have gone in. So it's like, do you make the case against mm -hmm. them and, and kind of understanding, I, I mean, that was something that we delved into a little bit last year was just kind of trying to understand the process of it. And a big part of it is like, you have to present the case kind of like this, where it's like you show him against his peers and other people and whether they're in or not, or, or, or players that are going to be yep. eligible and you have to make the case that way. So I think like if people, the, the better analytics get and the more people do the work on these things, like you can just make that case now and then you can 
use social media and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like yeah, to see the organize, like, yeah, I'd like to see the organization do some of this stuff too. But I, I was surprised that as many media, media people got behind it because I mean, it's not a winner case, right? Like, it's it's going to take some work, but um, it was nice to see it, the support. It shouldn't come down to the media, and this bugs me. It should not come down to having a groundswell of media people say he should be in the hall. The people that are on the selection committee are supposed to be a unbiased and just pick right and they they fight for their own guy they want to get in a, and i say unbiased they still have to pick a guy and fight for him and debate it but there shouldn't be you shouldn't have outside influences you should be able to sit in your room and pick the guy based on what they have done across their career i don't think there it shouldn't be a popularity contest and that's what it's starting to become yeah yeah i mean and by like, the way i'd like to point out mark mathot is eligible for the hockey hall of fame no, this See, is strong, strong, strong class. We just said it. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, that's all. I, I he'll get in. Yeah. I, well, I think he should at some point. I just I disagree with the way this all plays out with the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's hey, there's no transparency. There is no le- rules to fall by. I think the LPGA has. If you win so many tournaments, you're automatically in the Hall of Fame. Maybe they need to go yeah. to one of those systems. But anyway. Yeah. Put Alfie in the hall is all I have to say. Yeah, it's, it, the, 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 we're gonna have something to talk about for a while, which is nice. So hopefully, hopefully it keeps yeah. progressing kind of the way it is, because like that was nice to see that people went with the Hall of Fame stuff that happened uh, last week or whatever. That enough people kind of saw and maybe, hey, this is something we can get get behind. So that was cool. I, I wasn't anticipating that, and so that was nice to see. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and so congratulations to Marion Hosa on being inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame as the first Ottawa Senator draft pick to go in, and congratulations to Dion Phaneuf, who announced his retirement last week. He also, too, is eligible with you, Meth, to now go in the Hockey Hall of Fame, apparently. Um, so uh, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. But anyway, point is, uh, guys who had some great hockey careers all played in the Ottawa area, and so we look forward to seeing now Alfie join the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, that'll wrap up our show for today, my friends. Uh, We will look forward to seeing you back here on Thursday. Uh, For Craig and Meth, uh, take care. Have a great week. And for all our sponsors of BEI, Gong Show, Sports Interaction, Whitewater, we will see you next time.